0: This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 124 The Colby Assessments Power. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal getting, fear facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. is unstoppable. Welcome to another episode of the show. Oh, Do I have a treat for you today? I have a special guest, Erin Morgan, who is on the show today. Erin and I actually met recently at a networking group that we're a part of called the Advance. It's a networking group for women entrepreneurs who want to get to know one another and what each other's businesses do, so they can refer people to one another. Many times, networking groups can kind of be a little slimy. At least, maybe that's my thoughts on it. But I am really loving this group that I'm in. Again, it's called The Advance. If you are a woman entrepreneur, I would highly encourage you to go check it out. It has a very feminine energy about it. I'm loving the women that I'm meeting, Erin included. So, when I met Erin, I just loved her energy from the start. And I'm very picky about people's energy. She just has um, this energy of wanting to serve and like she knows her shit as well. And when she told me that her niche is helping business owners really understand the Colby assessment and how to hire with the Colby assessment or just better utilize their teams with the Colby assessment, I was intrigued because I hired my admin, Rachel, who I speak of often on the show, who I adore so much, because she was such an amazing hire for me over a year ago now. And the way that the agency that we worked with, how they found us and matched us was with the Colby assessment. They had me take it, they had her take it. And then they sat down with the results of the Colby and said, okay, would these two women be a great match? And it has been a fabulous match. And I've worked with many people And it seems like by far, Rachel and I have really worked well together. And so I'm a big believer in the Colby without really knowing much about it at all. And so, again, that's why I wanted to bring Erin on was like, hey, what is this Colby thing? It worked magically in my life by hiring Rachel, and I want to know more about it. And so she was able to sit down with me in this interview and explain what the Colby does and how it's different from other assessments. And she even took my results and Rachel's results on this interview, and started to talk about, you know, this is likely how we work together. And I had lots of laughs from that, because it's so true. And so I'm hoping as you're hearing how it's worked in my life, and with my admin, Rachel and our partnership, you'll be able to see how powerful it is, because I'm having ah ahas in the moment as she's explaining this on this interview. So. Get ready. This is a great one, especially if you are somebody who manages other people. And I think we all are as women, right? We're managing family members, if, if anything, or friendships to be able to use this assessment in your life to um, help maximize your relationships and especially in a working relationship. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Erin Morgan. Erin, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I can't wait to learn all things Colby. And I don't know anything about this assessment, really. And I love assessments. I love Clifton Strings. I love Enneagram, Myers Briggs. So thank you for being here. Oh, Lindsay, thanks for having me. What fun. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. How did you get into Colby?
1: It's a funny twist of fate. (laughs) This is back in 2016. So I was one year into my business. Uh, full-time on my own. And I was really struggling with sales, really struggling. And so I had my way of finding experts, mentors is through connections. So I had said to one of my coaches at the time, you know, I'm really struggling with sales. And she said, Oh, you need Laura. <laughs> so I got on a call with Laura Wright. And she is she's just this magical person. And one of the things she asked me to do before we got on our official intensive that we were gonna spend about three hours together working on my sales process, she said, But I want you to take this Colby assessment. And I went, Well, okay, Laura, like at this point I'll do whatever you tell me to do. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I went on and it t- took the assessment, took about 20 minutes, and I came back with my score. And it was sort of like my eyes opened to why I felt so different when I was working alongside other people, why my process always felt different. And why I approached things and looked at things so so differently, right? And so often when we're different, we feel wrong, or they feel mm-hmm. like there's something you know wrong with us. And all of a sudden, here I have this beautiful assessment telling me that my strengths are perfect. They're perfectly aligned for me. And my uniqueness is so valuable. And I was like, ooh, I need to know more about this. And so as I went through my career, building out my business over the years, I've gotten to a place where when I know your Colby score, I can unlock a whole lot for you because I Mm -hmm. understand it at such a deep level that I can instantly value your strengths, but also help you to to take action and make decisions in a way that's unique to you and perfect for you. So it was a really, uh, my sales coach, right? Is the short answer to the question, but what a, what a blessing. I'm so grateful that she asked me to take the assessment back then.
0: Yeah. That's how I feel when I had the Clifton Strengths or even Myers-Briggs and then later Enneagram of just like this aha moment, like, oh, it all makes sense now. Right? Yes. So it's so cool. Okay. So tell us about Colby. Like, what is it? Okay. What is it testing?
1: Yeah. So this is a really, this is something I really want to break down just a little bit for everyone who's who's listening. So, you know, you've even mentioned Clifton Strengths, Enneagram, there's DISC, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of fabulous assessments out there. And what they're measuring is your affective personality or your affective part of the mind. There's actually three parts of our mind. And most people really only focus on two, the effective, which is a lot about our personality, what we like, our preferences, really good stuff, right? Our effective, our effective part of the mind. And the second part is the cognitive, and this is all about your skills what you know how to do, your knowledge, the talents you've developed, and even some of your habits, things that you, you know, if I say to you, think about how you brush your teeth, right? That's a habit. It's a skill you know how to do and you have a rhythm. So it it comes very naturally to you. But there's this third part of the mind and it's called the conative the cognitive part of the mind. And what this piece measures, this piece of your mind measures, is what you will do, how you'll make decisions, how you'll take action when you're striving towards a goal. So if you think about these three parts of the mind, cognitive, this is the kind of thing that in school, they give you a test, what kind of career should you have, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes out <laughs> that you should be like a bus driver or x-ray technician or whatever. That's a skill-based, a cognitive assessment. And that's great. The effective assessments that so many of us are familiar with, again, measuring your personality, those preferences, this is all about what you want to do. If cognitive is about what you can do, effective is about what you want to do. And this is really great, but there's one tricky thing about this. Have you ever taken, I don't know, maybe this is just me, (laughs) but have you ever taken an effective personality test and one day you get one answer And another day you get a different one. This Myers-Briggs, this happens to me all the time. Depends whether it's raining. It depends whether I feel good. You know, depending on my mood, I can actually change the, the answer to the test. And it's not because I'm trying to be difficult. It's because I truly feel differently. My preferences have changed in that moment. And so an effective personality test is measuring. It's sort of like a snapshot in time. Here's where you are right now. The cool thing about the Colby assessment, and it's the only one that measures conation, is that your cognitive abilities, this is what you will do, what you will do, how you'll take action. It doesn't change. It remains consistent, statistically consistent over time. They've measured it over 20 years and the statistics say it doesn't change. It remains consistent, which is so cool for us, right? Because we can understand how we'll take action and know that we can trust that really, really cool. So that's what it is. It isn't actually a personality test. If you think about it in terms of what we usually associate with personality tests, it's a cognitive, cognitive assessment. Wow. Okay.
0: So, so Aaron, what would be the benefit of that, of having that information?
1: The first thing is it teaches you about yourself in terms of how you make decisions or how you approach problems. And why this can be great is that sometimes when, have you ever been in a situation where you've been asked to do something but in a way that really feels unnatural to you. It just doesn't jive with the way that you would want to approach it. And that's probably because it's not using your unique cognitive strengths. So when you know this, when you have this level of self-awareness about your strengths, you can actually take action or suggest to a, a boss or a friend or a family member that you need to take action differently in order to get to a great outcome. And knowing this and having a little bit of science to back it up is a really, really powerful thing. So that's the first thing you can know yourself. And in knowing that you can, you can work to align your action in a way that feels good, the way that feels natural to you. So that's one of the ways.
0: Okay. So Aaron, my brain is still like, I'm not quite getting it. Sure. Okay. Cause you have my Colby scores. I do. I do. So explain it to me through my scores. Okay.
1: I can do that. All okay. Right. So imagine for our our listeners, right? If they haven't mm-hmm. seen what a colby grid sort of looks like. There are four pillars. So imagine four columns or four pillars on a building, right? They're holding up a building. There are four of them. The first one is called fact finder. Fact finder is all about how you gather and share information, how you gather and share information. So for you specifically, Lindsay, as a four in fact finder, what that tells me is that you like to explain things and you can explain things, but you don't need a lot of detail. You don't need to do a ton of research in order to make a decision or to take action on something but you're also not like a total bottom line person. Like, just give me the bottom line. You're somewhere in the middle. You can can talk with somebody who has gathered lots and lots and lots of information, like your assistant, Rachel. She's a seven. So she's going to gather a lot of information And then you are going to hear what she's saying and sort of summarize that information. Yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of the other things as I'm going through this, you're asking, how is this useful? It's really useful when we're working with other people. And that's really what my specialty is, is not only just understanding you, but understanding the people around you and how you work with them and how you work together. So knowing that, even just that one little piece about Rachel and Mm -hmm. your interaction around facts, how you gather and share information. So that's the first one right? Yeah. So this is, there's a lot of information so with, here. So the
0: fact finder yeah. score, is it the higher you are? Can you go up to like a 10? Mm-hmm. And so a 10 would be someone
1: who does a ton of research. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. They really, really dig in and specify. And one of the cool things about the Colby is whether you're a one or you're a 10, we're so used to on a scale of one to 10, one being terrible and 10 being amazing. Mm-mm, not that way with the Colby. Every single number is perfect. Every single number is beautiful. But what we use the numbers for is to sort of put you on a continuum to very, very, very detailed to people who are, you know, bottom line, give me the the quick and dirty facts. And so that's how we use those numbers, not to rank you as good or bad, but to give you a sense of the level of detail in this particular case that you like to do research. So cool. Okay. Is that making sense so far? Yes, totally. Okay. So the next pillar on our building, the next column Mm -hmm. is follow through. And when people hear follow through, at least for me, I go to flaky. Like, do you follow through? Do you do what you say you're going to do? And that's not exactly it. It's more like the steps, the putting it in order and understanding the steps that you might go through to solve a problem. So for both you And for your assistant, Rachel, you guys are pretty great at putting together project plans, putting together steps. So even like this podcast, you probably have a bunch of checklists and this is all the stuff that needs to be accomplished and done so we can get each episode out on time, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody like you, you're able to maintain that system. You may not love to build them. Maybe you do, you can do that. Mm -hmm. But somebody who would be like a one, two, or a three, on, on the follow through, they're all about adapting. They're breaking things and creating shortcuts, and you give them a system that they're supposed to take the steps. And they're like, Yeah, whatever. I'm going to do it a different way because they find a shortcut. Or, you know, these are the people who don't really like to follow directions. You're like, Okay, I need you to do these three things. And they're like, I'm not doing any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because their natural tendency is to adapt things. Whereas for you, but also for Rachel, your tendency is to really create systems, really create the structures, and then hold on to it and maintain those structures. Does that make sense? All about systems yeah. and how to organize step by step information. Yeah. So, what numbers are we there, Erin? I'm curious. Yeah, you are a six and Rachel is a seven. So again, because your numbers are so close, you work really well together on these types of projects. You're able to, if Rachel would create a craft, a checklist for you, you'll follow it. You'll do what the checklist asks you to do in the right order. Um, I can do that too, but I have like my coach, Laura, who I talked to at the beginning about how I found the Colby in the first place. Laura's a two. Laura's going to break any system (laughs) that you can put in front of her. She's going to find a way to break it, right? So this is really, really great to understand when we're thinking about other people, because if you find somebody who consistently doesn't want to follow the directions, doesn't want to create a system, doesn't want to create, follow the steps, chances are there's somebody whose strength is actually adapting. They change things up and that's their strength.
0: Yeah. My daughter, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's 10, but yeah. she's definitely like a, probably a one, two.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very, yeah. very, it, the the way that someone who is two, three, one, two, three, right? It's all about developing shortcuts. It's about multitasking. They're actually really cool with being interrupted and thrown off track. It actually gives them more energy when that happens. So you are, you are really beautifully aligned with your team member. But knowing that about your daughter, it's like, huh interesting yeah
0: because those of us who can be more structured especially in her role because she's a child my husband who I Mm. bet is even more structured tends to be like oh that's so disrespectful and I'm like I don't think it is and so that's mm-hmm. where this kind of information, again, can be so helpful, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. It's really, it, it's amazing once you unlock the code. And I'll give you an example once I've gone through this so that you'll understand, like even in my marriage, like and with, with communication with my husband too, I'll give you a funny story. Yeah. Okay. So let's do the third pillar. Okay. The third pillar is quick start. And we associate that with, oh, we go really fast, right? That's true. In a lot of cases, it's true. You innovate, you brainstorm naturally. You really are willing to take risks. The way you deal with uncertainty and risk, if you are seven, eight, nine, ten, you're all in, you're you're out creating original ideas and really innovating and and willing to try things, even if you don't know how it's gonna work out. Mm. That's seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Okay. Right. Is somebody who is a one, two, or three, they're all about stabilizing. Let's keep things consistent. Let's avoid unnecessary risks. Let's just keep things on the level, right? And we need these people who have the ability to stabilize because you and me, you're a seven, I'm an eight. We're out there innovating and it's actually how we initiate our problem solving. If I say and give you a particular problem to solve, you're gonna start with brainstorming creative ideas, ideation. Maybe you put it up on a, on a whiteboard or you do like a mind map. You're just getting all those ideas out in the world. Mm. Right. But somebody who is like Rachel, she's five, which means that she has the ability to just kind of keep pace with both things. She is able to keep up with you and your innovative ideas and your creativity. She's Able to say, okay, well, that sounds really cool, but have you thought about this? And she can tweak and make little suggestions to an idea that would make totally. it <laughs> a little bit totally more true. doable, right? <laughs> yeah. Versus somebody like my my assistant, her her well, she's not my assistant; she's my creative director. She feels like my assistant because she like grounds me in this exact way. I come mm-hmm. up with all these ideas and these things we should do, and she's like, actually, can we just finish the thing we've started? Can we <laughs> hold the line here? We've started about eight projects. Projects this week, and we finish maybe, I don't know, one of them. But she's very much that too, and the stabilizing energy for us on our team. So that's quick start, right? So that's the third the third column. And then the fourth column is implementer. And implementer really deals with how someone interacts with space and tangibles, right? So someone who is a seven, eight, nine, 10 as an implementer, they want to deal in the, in the three-dimensional. They want to touch it, they want to construct it, build it, feel it. So a lot of times makers, people who make things, uh very high implementer scores. They're great at quality control. They're really good at looking at, at something and and inspecting the quality of a good maybe they make handcrafted mugs as an example and they're gonna look and they're gonna go, no, there's there's a flaw here. Do you see that crack in the handle? And you're like, I don't know, it looked like a mug to me, right? They're mm-hmm. like, no, this one's not, this one doesn't pass our standards, right? So these people are amazing with quality control. But where a lot of people and in the, especially in the online space, I see this a lot, one, two, and three people who envision, they can imagine a solution without actually having to touch and feel that solution. So this is great for us in the online world, because even the internet, like, the internet exists, but it really doesn't. Like, what does the internet feel like? How do you touch the internet? You can't, right? Mm. We've created the device like an iPhone, which kind of feels like holding the internet in our hand. But I bet you Steve Jobs was an implementer, a really high level implementer, that touch and feel tangibility of technology. So we need both, we need both types. We need people who can envision and imagine the solution, but also people who can build it, right? Mm. So where do I fall there, Erin? I'm so curious. You're a four. And four mm. means that, again, you're going to be able to work in that space of you could create the tangible and, and deal with the physical 3D. But most of the time, you're going to be in that more towards that envisioning imagination space. Mm. Rachel's a two. So she's imagining too. She's envisioning the possibilities without having to touch them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, so once cool. you understand those four columns, and I know that's a lot when you're listening, but if you have the visual of a, a Colby A assessment grid, you can kind of see the four columns and it starts to begin to make a little bit of sense. So remember your numbers four, six, seven, four, those mm-hmm. numbers don't change. So once you really get to know your type and understand how you naturally take action, then you can start to compare your scores with other people and know, ooh, here's how we would best work together. And that's where the magic comes in.
0: Yeah, that's so cool, Erin. You know, in the intro of this episode, I talked about how I became interested in Colby because the agency we used used Colby. And Rachel's been such an amazing fit, and I was like, "There's got to be something here." And so when I met you and you did Colby, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I got to learn about this thing." And so now, like you just explaining, it makes so much sense how powerful this can be. Yeah, here's where I am. Here's where you are. This is likely the magic we'll create together.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and so let's use let's let's use an example. Let's use a specific example on the Quick Start Continuum. Okay. So I'm an eight which means that I move fast, have huge ideas, like to envision and imagine the possibilities for what we could do in business and life. But specifically in life, I'm like, I know what we're going to create in our lives and in our, in our marriage and in our family. And I go really fast, right? My husband... Not so much, (laughs) not so much. He is a three in quick start, which means his job is to stabilize. He doesn't want to go particularly fast. He doesn't want to do big grand things that uh, risky things, right? And the number of times in my business, I've bet the rent (laughs) more than once. And I just don't tell him these things because he is like, whoa, just keep it stable. So what we've learned to do in our marriage is that he knows I need to go off and create and try things. And the bar, and the, the compromise we've made is that there's always three months worth of money in our savings account because <laughs> he needs to nice. know things are going to stay stable. He's not comfortable with that level of risk, but he's gotten comfortable with my, my style in terms of how I take risks. And we've created that little safety net. So that's a specific yeah. example of how it can work or, or not work.
0: <laughs> yeah, i am already sold, Aaron. I'm like, I've got to get my husband to take this. Anybody that I ever work with has to take this. Yeah. It, yeah. So tell us, Erin, because this is, this is what you do, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I do. Yeah. So explain to us your process and how... Because typically, it's a business owner that's coming to you, right?
1: Oftentimes, yeah. A business yeah. owner... Or occasionally I might see a leadership team member come to me. So for example, like a creative director who leads a team or the director of marketing who would lead a marketing team inside of a company, those leaders often will come to me or a CEO or business owner if it's it's mostly a small team that they're leading the charge in most of the areas. So yeah, usually a decision maker and a leader.
0: Yeah. So they're coming to you and they're saying either, hey, I want to hire for this role let's use Colby to help me hire, or can I just understand my team?
1: Yeah, usually they're coming to me because the team they have around them, even if it's just an, just an assistant, they only have like one person working with them. Something's not working when it comes to communication or collaboration. There are disconnects. People are, they'll they'll come to me and say, my assistant's really great, but I just don't think she's the right person for this role. Ding, ding, ding. That instantly says to me, this person's great, which means they have a great personality. They're smart. They're communicative. They want to engage, but they're not the right person for this role says the work that I'm giving them and the way that I'm asking them to do things doesn't match their style. Right? And so what I love is when somebody comes to me with communication challenges, my team just isn't getting very much done. we I used to describe a team in the past that I that I led as felt like we were steering a cruise ship, right? It was big and clunky and you know, just making we're gonna do a launch. No, no, we're not. <laughs> Maybe mm. not this month or next month, or yeah, we we might launch that in nine months. <laughs> we couldn't move quickly with that agile, that agileness that is required in business so often. And it was because everybody was working in a way that didn't match their strengths. So it just always felt like quicksand, like we were stuck in the mud. So I get a lot of people coming to me for those kinds of problems. Wow, Erin. So helpful.
0: Yeah. So are you able to then go go in and say, yeah, hey, this person's not the right fit. Or if you just approach it this way, you would get better results from this person.
1: Exactly. So I'm yeah. always looking to find out is this person the right person for the role? And the thing is that people don't you, you can't change people. These innate strengths, the way you approach things, they that they're you. They can't be changed, right? So if you're not aligned in the role that you're in, people their default is to replace the person. My default is adjust the role. That doesn't mean the outcome can't be the same. The, the goal of the role can't be the same. It's the idea, let's let's use an example. It's kind of like we're going on a road trip and you and I both, we are in Boston and we need to get to Miami. And you and I are both in our cars, right? And I'm allowed to go and, and take that road trip any way I want. So long as I get to Miami, by the time I'm supposed to be there, all is well, right? But you have somebody telling you exactly the way you have to go, right? And let's imagine that they're saying, oh, you have to take I-95 South and you get right outside of Washington, DC, and there's a massive accident, huge, huge traffic jam. And because you're supposed to take that route, you have to sit in traffic. And so you ultimately don't get to Miami on time. Whereas for me, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. So my GPS says, get off here on the highway and go this way and take this back road and go around the traffic accident. And I'm allowed to do it. And so I do. And I get to Miami on time, right? At the end of the day, does it matter that, that we did it differently if we get to the same goal? But you didn't. You were late right? Because I didn't let you do it your way. And that's exactly the way I like to explain it in terms of a role that somebody might be fulfilling inside of a company. If they can get to the goal and they can meet the standards that are required inside the role, why do you care how they get there? If they can do it maybe mm-hmm. even better than you would would tell them they have to do it, why can't we let it do, them do it their way as long as they're meeting that goal and and maintaining those high standards. And that's where things start to really open up. The communication opens up, the outcomes that we're reaching really start to be achieved and everybody's suddenly happier. imagine that yeah it's so
0: true and that would drive me crazy
1: if someone said you had to go this certain route I would be Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh this is painful and it
0: reminds me a lot of my corporate experiences. like these are our systems this is our process yes yeah so for certain people it's just not a good fit so then Erin too once you open up hey here's how people work best and they still don't meet the standards that's Mm -hmm. when you really know hey this is not a good fit
1: yeah. And and so in those cases, I never use Colby as a tool to fire people, right? Mm-hmm. I use Colby as a tool to help them get more aligned with the role. And what will often happen if somebody is, we're making adjustments and it's still not feeling right. They may choose to go to a different job within the company. There's a lot of really cool stories about people who when, when they, a consultant will come in and start to look at all the people and look at all the jobs and say, wait a second, Susan would be amazing if you put her in the sales department. And poor Jane is in the sales department and she's struggling, but what she'd be amazing at is doing the job Susan's doing. So let's swap roles. Right, yeah, and in in big corporations, there's so many moving parts and pieces in terms of how they've built an organization. They're a little less open to that kind of flexibility, but the midsize or or smaller companies. I worked with a, a company who had 14 contractors, each somewhere between eight and 14, depending on what they were working on, and I was able to go in and say, you know, this person is really talented but not in the role they're in, they'd be amazing over here. And the owner of the business, the CEO was willing to say, well, what if we just changed their role? And the person was like, oh my God, this would be amazing. I would love this job. Right? Yeah. Do you have these opportunities to shift the way the work is being done or shift the people inside of the roles to get to greater alignment? And people are like, yeah, that's, that's never going to work, but it actually can, it can be really, really powerful inside of a company. There's a lot of really cool examples of that.
0: Yeah. What I love about that most is how people centric that is.
1: Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. care about our people. Let's make this work. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How many times have you met somebody amazingly talented who is struggling? And what do they do? They leave. Yeah. Because you can only struggle for so long. doesn't matter even if they're being, it's not like they've been fired. It's just that they're so unhappy and they're working against their strengths that they say, I can't do this anymore. And they leave. Yeah.
0: And many times it's just a little bit, little tweaks. That's all it is. It's all yeah. it takes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Okay. Really so Erin, cool. next question for you. Mm-hmm. So if someone's coming to you and saying, Hey, I want to hire for say my assistant, like, sure. you know, in my case Absolutely. and there, and you were, you were to say, okay, let me get your Colby. And then I'm going to get the
1: Colby of all the applicants. Right. Yeah, we absolutely can do it that way. It is called the right fit. And so where I would start is you. I would say, okay, tell me about you. We look at your Colby score. I'd want to hear about the expectations you have of the role. I might even have you take a, an, an assessment called the Colby C. Yes, Lester. I did that with, with Rachel. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So yeah. you take the Colby C and this is where you are defining what you feel the expectations of the role are which does this job require somebody to be and then somebody like Rachel is going to come in with her Colby A score and so somebody like me as a hiring consultant would say okay her A is this you've said the role requires this this is a match right and so they call it right mm-hmm. fit and so we're looking at the A scores of the candidates in relation to the C role that you expect. And that's how we know whether it's gonna be likely, likely to be a good match from a from an action-oriented perspective, from decision making and collaboration and all those things. We know it it's likely to be a good fit.
0: Yeah, so you're mostly looking at the role and how that applicant fits in the role versus Absolutely. my Colby and her Colby. Correct.
1: Correct. Hmm. Interesting. For a job position. Yes, of course, I'm comparing and thinking about and looking at your, and we call it an A to A, an A to A comparison. And and what I actually have pulled up on the screen here is your A to A comparison with Rachel. So I'm actually looking at it and seeing about how you would work together. So you can do a Colby, you can look against the role, and then you can also look at the individual's. So while I'm I'm not a recruiter, I don't go out and find people for you. If you were to post a job on your LinkedIn or on Indeed or wherever you might want to post your job description, and then you were to work with me as a consultant, I would be able to use those Colby tools to help you find the right fit for your position based on the applicant pool that you that you bring in.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you that Rachel's the only person I've hired doing that process. Mm-hmm. Amazing. How it long works. has she been with you? A year, yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. So That's when great. I found
0: you, Erin, I was like, "Oh, now I found my person to do this forever and ever for me. Every time I
1: need to." <laughs> <laughs> and you and I are a lot alike. We're a lot alike, so we have good collab. We're, I'm going to understand how you think and how you approach problems, and because you're a lot like me. And so when we're in synergy with somebody who's a lot like us, it's easy for you to sort of step into their shoes from the standpoint of a decision-making opportunity or how you would approach a problem versus somebody who's really different. Like my husband, he's a 5537. And I go, he's like, he's on a foreign foreign planet to me. There's too <laughs> many things that are different about how he approaches problems that I really don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, his unique process in terms of how it feels in his body. I understand Mm -hmm. how it looks on paper and I can match those collaborations, but you and I are really well aligned in that way. So we would work together fabulously. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and I will tell you, you know, with Rachel, it was an investment to go that route and her agency was just for VAs. Yes. So not an agency I could continue to use, but I will say after and like getting her in the role and now being a year in and really still feeling like it's a great fit. I'm like, man, that was the best investment ever. Because before when I didn't do that, it was like, oh, this person's not a great fit. And then you train them and then they're gone. And then all yes. the things, right. And then even two, okay, let's just imagine I don't do the Colby, hire somebody in, like you said, then looking at their Colby and being like, okay, how could we adjust this role? Absolutely. Could be something that saves the game. Yeah, I
1: bet. And you're just going to create, you're going to create different systems. You're going to create ways of communicating that are in, in honor of both of your strengths. And that can be done. So a lot of times people will come to me and say, I really love this person, but it's not working. Can you help me make it work? And the answer is absolutely, but we have to be willing to make some adjustments. And so if you are, it can work.
0: Yeah. Okay. What would be the benefit of someone just taking the Colby to take the Colby?
1: You understand yourself better and you can start to line up your actions when you're striving towards a goal in a way that's going to feel really natural to you and take less of your energy. You'll use your time more effectively and more efficiently. You'll get to the outcome faster. It's a great way to just get to know the things about you that are unchanged, your innate strengths so you can operate more like yourself.
0: Yeah. So for some people, it may be having lots of lists. For other people, not Mm -hmm. having a lot of lists. For some really being in ideation and some not. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful, Erin, because I'm starting to like put my coach brain around it of how could I use this to help clients, Uh right? Of how they can take these kind of generalized goal setting techniques and really specialize it to, okay, but based on you, here's how you need to adjust these things.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly yeah. how I used the Colby for the first really five years of my career in the business coaching space. Is that and when I when I started out, I didn't require my clients to take it. And then as I progressed, I find it, I started to say, like, this is just a mandatory thing. You, if you want to work with me, you have to take your Colby score. Because I almost felt like I was handcuffed if I didn't know it, because the inputs they were giving me, what they were sharing with me something wasn't making sense. Think about, so here's a great example. Think about our traditional schooling system, good, bad, up, or down. It's very sit in the classroom, sit still, read this information, memorize facts, take tests. For somebody who is a quick start like me, I I don't thrive in that environment, right? But I was told I needed to go get A's and B's on my report card so I could get into a good college, so I could get a job, all the things were told. And ultimately that wasn't who I was or how I was best aligned with my stress if I took action in that way. So imagine somebody who's been conditioned that way, who then comes to you with a business and is trying to operate in that conditioned way when they're not wired that way. So, they're saying, I want to go and I have all these ideas. And then they're getting stuck in the fact finder. They're getting stuck researching. How many people who have had great ideas? You meet them, and they're like, oh, I have all these ideas. And then they go and start to research and they never take any action. They get stuck in research mode, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm always trying to do as a coach and as a consultant is to look at what your Colby score is telling me. Versus what you're actually doing to see if there's alignment there. And if there's not, we got to make changes so that you actually get it out the door. You start to take action, try stuff, experiment, ship. And so a lot of clients will hire me and probably you too, because my high quick start inspires them to take action. It gets them out of that decision constipation, kind of constantly researching and uh, trying to, to figure out the plan. I mean, how many times I need a plan? Yeah, you do. And plans are great. But what you really need to do is take the first step. Find out. Right. Get some get some real life data by taking some action. And then we can start to synthesize that into a plan.
0: Yeah, I laugh because I have a couple of clients right now who I'm on that with. Just <laughs> take the action. You know enough. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. true, Erin. It's so true. Yeah, so my brain is already like, okay, how can I add Colby into the mix here of... Sure all the information because really what I've leaned on the most is Clifton strengths of um, mm-hmm. oh well you have all these thinking strengths you don't have enough executing but now it's like oh let's add in this other mix I'm already like
1: Aaron you need to come teach all my clients and cool. <laughs> it's such fun one of the things that I actually I actually get to do this later today I get to do a workshop with 15 business owners, all of whom have different businesses they are not associated. They're all just in the same group. They're in a mastermind together. And so I'm gonna come in and do a presentation about Colby so that each of them can hear a little bit more about themselves. And so that's a great way for people to sort of get their feet wet if they're in a mastermind group but I also do one-on-one work. So it's easy for me to come in and, and work with a particular client of yours who was struggling. We could do a Colby assessment and I would give a personalized reading or or sort of like fortune telling. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, a reading, analysis is kind of what I hear. <laughs> yeah, analysis for yeah. sure. And then from that perspective, I can say to you as their coach, okay, here's where their strengths lie. Here's what their, their Colby score is telling me. Here's even how you would work together. I could give you a report that would say, Lindsay, you as their coach, or this is how you would want to work with them. A coaching report that Mm -hmm. I could produce for your client on your behalf. So you would ultimately be able to then work with them in a more effective way. Yeah.
0: So fun. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how you're the subject matter expert on all things Colby. I have a little resource in my pocket now.
1: <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I love to be that. And and really all all that's required for me because I've gotten to this place in my expertise. All I need are the four numbers, just give them the four numbers in order. And I can tell you exactly where they're stuck, where they're succeeding, where they, you know, and everybody's different, but the numbers, they're like a superpower. It it, it unlocks like a code that it's so powerful. And then once you understand just enough that you could hear somebody else's numbers, you instantly start to make those comparisons. And when you can do that, then you get the synergy in terms of how you communicate. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. So cool. Thank you,
1: Erin. Do we cover everything? I think so. It's a big, it's a big topic. And it's also something that a lot of times when you can't see the grid in front of you, you're like, I don't understand what these columns look like. So all you have to do is go to Colby.com and it's K-O-L-B-E. And you can look at the visual of what it looks like to take an assessment. You can take it there or you can come um, hang out with me and I'll help you and give you the, the analysis, the specific analysis of, of a test.
0: Yeah, and all your info is in the show notes. Cool. So they can find you. Yay. But thank you, Erin. I learned so
1: much. Thank you, Lindsay. This is a great opportunity and I loved, loved getting to know you.
0: Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email. Share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, ePreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.